What's up, everyone? Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Josh, and welcome to Filmverse, the show all about cinematic expanded universes. I'm joined by our panel of pop culture scholars. First off, we have Bruno. Hello. That's yeah. That's about what we expected. Uh, <laughs> Megan. Hi, as well. Good morning. I'm not happy to be awake today. <laughs> we have Chachi. Good morning. I can't wait to talk to Bruno about Wonder Woman today. Uh, that's true, actually. And then we have Brendan. Hi. Good to see you. You can't see anybody but us. All our listeners. His, all four of them. All, their, their, uh, their, their ears can see us. Yeah. That's how it works. Chachi's Ear apparently been smoking pot this morning. Uh, let's jump into this <laughs> week's really. news Thanks stories. For sharing. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Let's start the show off with some Deadpool 2 news. While the first movie was given endless praise for its true-to-comics portrayal of Deadpool, both in look and style, the creative team behind the sequel have decided to take a different approach to the character Domino. The first image of the character was released via Ryan Reynolds' Twitter accounts. The images of actress Zazie Beetz, dressed in all black, laying on top of a Deadpool rug. Unlike her comic book character, she does not have bleached skin, and instead of her iconic black splotch over her left eye, she has a white one. The character also has an afro instead of her short uh, cropped hair. Well, first off, I'll, I'll, I'm going to shoot over to Megan first because I feel like you had some strong opinions when we talked about this before. Do you think it's a big deal that they're not doing what they did with Deadpool, that they're actually trying to kind of go outside the box with this character, Domino? I think that it's a big deal that they have a character who could potentially, because it's not confirmed that she has vitiligo, but could potentially represent a woman who does have it. Uh, when it comes to people in the media who are ethnic, they're not nearly as large of a portion as the Caucasian people, obviously. And then when it comes to people who are ethnic with something different, uh, be it a disability or something just in general that is different from the, what's considered norm, quotes, uh, you don't have that type of representation. So to have a character who could potentially have vitiligo is really, really interesting to me. I'm really excited if that's the case, just to have that. Uh, when you think about people who have vitiligo that are in pop culture, only one name comes to most people's mind if they even know. Is it a supermodel? I forget her name. No, actually. That's that's good. Winnie Harlow. Mm -hmm. um, she actually is a, a model and singer. She has vitiligo. She's actually quite lovely. Uh, that's her picture. Uh, but Michael Jackson had vitiligo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Michael yeah. Jackson. Yeah. And that's why he started wearing the white glove. Uh -huh. And that's why he ended up with the procedure to turn him white. Mm -hmm. So uh, I am really excited if this is the case. Joshi, you being more the comic book reader of all of us, I would say, well, the biggest comic book reader, uh, what do you think about this? Do you think that, like, just in general, when comic book movies go so far away from the source material, does that, is that okay? Is it a different medium? Like, what do you feel? Well, I mean, you're not, they're not going so far away. Her skin is just a different color. Like, she's not, she's not an albino in the book. She just... Like, they're just not, like, confirmed that she was born an albino. She's just a mutant that had happened to have white skin with a black splotch on her eye. So she looked like a domino. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the one thing I kind of feel like. It is, the whole purpose of the name domino was because she looked like a domino. Yeah. So now it's kind of like, well, not really, I guess, now, but, eh. And, like, domino doesn't even have anything to do with her mutant ability. Like, she, she can manipulate luck, right? 
So, like, you don't, we're like, oh, I guess maybe it would tip the dominoes in her favor. I, but I that's, like, pretty it. stupid. But, like, her, her white skin and the black splotch had nothing to do with, it was never, like, a plot point. It was never anything to do with her character. It's just what she looked like. So I don't really think it's a big deal. No, I can understand that. Bruno, what about you? Do you have any strong opinions either or about this? Uh, I have no real strong opinions. I think uh, people kind of just need to get over it. Like, if they're really upset that she's not white, who, like, who cares? Like, I don't think they're going to get so far away from the source material. Uh, I mean, maybe they will, but uh, I think they prove with Deadpool that they kind of know what they're doing. And I think we have to give them uh, the benefit of the doubt that they were going to do the same with Deadpool 2. And, I mean, they could take liberties, and it, those liberties are fine. Just, you know, I'm, I have, like I said, I, I don't think it's going to change what Deadpool 2 is going to be about. Yeah, I, I do think that you, you got to keep in mind that we have not seen the way the character's being portrayed yet. We've only seen visuals. So I'll be more concerned or happy once I see how her character acts in the movie. Until then, it's kind of hard to tell just from these visuals. She does look very different, but you still have the essence of that character there. Brennan, do you agree with that, or do you think that you know they're probably going completely off the script? I, I think it's going to be okay. I, I don't think the world needs to burn down uh, because they potentially change the potential look of a Deadpool character. I think if there's one franchise that can get away with it, it's probably Deadpool. And um, one thing that we were discussing prior to this uh, was that Vitilago is actually a real-world mutation. So, like, you actually have, if it is Vitilago, um, I mean, it's not been confirmed that they're it portraying... It looks pretty it, obvious. I mean, the way they're portraying it, I'm pretty positive it has to be. I mean, she's a real-world mutant at that point. Like, <laughs> I mean, her, her skin condition in the comics was part of her mutation, and Vitilago is a real-world world mutation, like you said. Yeah. So, I mean, you're just making it realistic at this point. Yeah, but change is bad. <laughs> it but it's, it's it, not... It's not that much of a change because they're both mutations. But it can't be different from the comics. It has to be 100%. They, they just reversed the colors. You've convinced me, Trachi. I'm now boycotting Deadpool yeah. 2. Yeah, boycotting Deadpool 2. Yeah, I just, I, I just like like you said, we haven't seen anything about like what her character is going to be like. It's just we've seen what she looks like. And the immediate response is to just go off the deep end because it's it's not the same as in the comics. It drives me nuts. So, do you think, like, in the movie, like, I, I don't really know anything about the comic book character other than that she can change the probability in her favor. Uh, how do you depict that on screen? Does she just go, like, never get shot? She's, like, like stuff is never going to happen to her that's bad? I know she kind of does it in, like, like, when she's very stressed out. Yeah. It kind of, like, emerges and manifests itself then. But how do you kind of portray that in the What movie? What I want to happen is I want to be, like, Final Destination. With her luck. I want it to be like a Rube Goldberg contraptions happen in her favor. Like, the bullet bounces off, like, the fire hydrant behind her, then hits the building, then hits the guy who was trying to shoot her, and that's her luck. That's her domino effect. So, basically, you want her to be able to shoot, like, Deadshot. <laughs> okay, but she doesn't have to shoot the gun. They shoot the gun, and it happens. Oh, oh, okay. And, like, she's so, able to manipulate something that changes yeah. that. To it's just the luck is in her favor. So, like, improbable odds happen in her favor. Yeah. So, like, she goes to the ATM machine, she puts in her number, and then suddenly a whole bunch of money shoots out. Like, that's the easiest way I can think of to doing it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like this character could be a lot of fun. Uh, let's go ahead, though, and move on to the next news story. Nothing makes a franchise more successful than hiring a professional wrestler. Just ask Guardians of the Galaxy. According to The Hollywood Reporter, that's exactly what the Transformers franchise is doing with their Bumblebee spinoff. They are reporting that the WWE star John Cena has joined the cast. 
if I had a soundboard, I'd play that annoying John Cena clip. But I don't, so you're welcome. I have do, one. Do, do, do. <laughs> <laughs> she got it. Chachi was totally about to pull up the soundboard. <laughs> All right. With John Cena joining the Transformers franchise, and with the recent news that Dave Bautista is getting yet another comic book role in a Valiant cinematic universe, do you think we will see more wrestlers making the jump? And if so, how long before Hulk Hogan plays a supervillain? After all, he's already proven he has the chops with the classic role of Dave Dragon in the beloved fourth installment of the Three Ninjas, High Noon at Mega Mountain. <laughs> Isn't he a villain in real life? Didn't he like beat his wives and stuff like that? I, okay, that's a better reason to say he's a villain. You're probably right, <laughs> but I really like Three Ninjas, so I wanted to bring that in there. <laughs> Bruno, what do you think? I don't see why not. Um, it's sort of, I mean, they're acting anyways. Spoiler alert, wrestling's not real, folks. What? I, sorry, I'm sorry, Chachi, I know. This this episode is ruining my life. <laughs> first Deadpool 2, <laughs> now, now wrestling's not real. I mean, the first, besides, I guess, Hulk Hogan, like the first real wrestler to make the jump, and a very successful one, was Dwayne The Rock Johnson, right? Right. Like, he is in, like, everything he's in is pretty much good, save for... Um, Scorpion King, right? Mm. Uh, he also had a flop recently. I can't remember what that movie was because no one saw it. Was it just Baywatch? came out. Yeah, Baywatch. Thank mm. you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because wasn't Baywatch R rated? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's Zac Efron. Yeah, they had they had, Zac so they had talent in it. I feel like it was probably just I like Zac Efron. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the other people in it were good too, but I don't think it's that big of a leap. Like you, you're trying to get these people who have look like superheroes and wrestlers look like superheroes yeah. they have that physique they put in the time and effort uh their acting skills i, I haven't watched wrestling uh, within this decade but i'm sure there could be some there that have decent acting chops and like if you're just throwing them into a villain role or you know even just a uh, side character uh i think it would work uh work well in the favor of the universe as far as visuals go uh, like i said their acting is a different thing but so yeah it's, i don't think it's a big leap that more wrestlers might be joining the cinematic universes of like Marvel, DC, and uh, Valiant. Brennan, uh, one thing that they always say about wrestlers is that they have a work ethic unlike anyone else. Because I don't know if you know this, but like when they're doing these traveling shows, they literally are going through like weekend after weekend after weekend to new place doing their, their show, putting on performance. So that's something about like The Rock. You see that he has a movie coming out every week. Mm-hmm. It's because he's constantly working. Do you think that is... I mean, personally, I feel like that's probably going to be a good thing for comic book movies because they're pumping them out so fast. So Dave Bautista being in two different series makes sense. Now with John Cena, though, do you have any experience with him? Have you seen John Cena in anything before? Um, I have not personally. I mean, I have watched like highlights from like WWE type stuff, um, just like in passing on YouTube or Facebook, but. Um, not not personally, though I will admit, I mean, I did grow up watching wrestling, so I did, I mean, I, I definitely can get the the vibe where you can kind of see where they, this, these guys would definitely fit into the role of being actors in movies as well. Um, I mean, that being said, before The Rock, I mean, there are a handful, I mean, I think I've seen, there was a Blade movie that had Triple H in it, and he was... To be fair, though, he was actually one of the better characters in that movie. I forget that was him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He was a vampire in that movie. He yeah. was actually hilarious. Um, he he kind of brought him and Ryan Reynolds kind of carried that movie on their shoulders. Um, and then there was, uh, I mean, Stone Cold has done a lot of movies here and there. So, and I guess 
I guess Blade 3 is kind of relevant because, I mean, if it falls in with the MCU... No, yeah, technically, I mean, technically <laughs> it's a comic book movie. It's not yeah. the MCU, it's just Marvel, though. It is Marvel, yeah. But um, So, yeah, I, I definitely think I could see um, a, a world where... I mean, one, Dave Bautista has already kind of proven himself, though he he's proven himself as Drax in the sense that he, he fit the role as needed, mm-hmm. but, like, is that too one tone? Like, do they give... Like, can he perform a more serious role? That's a good question. Yeah, because Gilead is a more serious character from what I remember from uh, the comics. Isn't he... He's a resurrectionist, right? He he keeps coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he dies and he keeps coming back. And, like, his whole thing in life is, like, to protect the Geomancers. Right. At least in the, in the comics. Right. Sorry. I mean, that is remotely similar to Drax himself, because Drax did die and become Drax. That's true. So... I have a couple things I want to talk about. John Cena, as much as like people are annoyed with him and the whole meme version of him, he's actually a really good person. He has the most Make-A-Wishes ever done. Like He holds the record for that. Um, and I also want to mention, <clears throat> when it comes to uh, Dave Bautista and Drax, he was the only one thought of and offered for that role. Whoever does the casting like has been pretty on point with who they choose for these movies. And I also want to bring up that the comic Drax is written by CM Punk, who is also a wrestler. So it is written by a wrestler for a wrestler. And I think maybe that's why it does so well, mm-hmm. because you have that connection between. Joshua, does it throw, pull you out of the movie when you see a wrestler in there? Because like they're kind of known, they're big characters already. They're, they're not movie stars, but they have a persona that follows them. So when you see them in a movie, do you feel like it kind of takes you out and you can't really see them as the character they're playing? No. You can expand about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I mean, like, because, you know, you look, at, you look at different movie stars and they all have different personas. Like, a, a wrestler should be no different. You know, you it might be like you know if it's their first time on film, you may like look at them and groan, but then like n- most of the time you're pleasantly surprised. Like I saw like whenever John Cena was in um, Trainwreck, like he was hilarious. Yeah. So, but I mean that that's another thing. Like a lot of the, a lot of the things that we've been uh, mentioning for um, these wrestlers is a lot of them are in uh, comedic roles or they're like. They're not really in like a lot of serious roles. Now, The Rock's done a lot of serious stuff because he's he's like just yeah. a legit actor. He's like transcended the the wrestler turned actor. He's pretty much now just an actor. Right. Right. But you know, a lot of I feel like the fastest way to success for a wrestler is to find a role where they're just like uh, comedic. That is something they actually said about Dave Bautista. He didn't think he deserved the role. First off, he cried when he found out that he became that he got casted as Drax. He was just like so overwhelmed, mm-hmm. and he didn't think he deserved that opportunity. Uh, and they did kind of tailor that character for him because he didn't have to be a great actor because a lot of it was just reacting and it was you know stilted. It was supposed to feel stilted. It'll be interesting to see Dave Bautista in Blade Runner. He's playing a replicant in Blade Runner. So it'd be, it kind of makes sense. Another stilted character, probably. He's a not human quite. So I don't know. I feel like he's slowly getting into the acting world with that. Uh, I have one last thought on this. And, and to even be fair, um, to kind of go off this fact of, you know, putting wrestlers in comedic roles or just kind of finding their niche, is that, like, even in the sense um, of uh, wrestlers being kind of like some people might see this like oh this movie has a wrestler in it it's gonna be bad 
well, a lot of times it's not necessarily the wrestler in the movie that's bad. It's just the movie that's bad. Yeah. Like, right. um, it's just the movie that they can get a role in is bad. Right. Because people right. don't take them as seriously. But all wrestling is is acting. Right. Right. Exactly. You have to be able to to act to be able to put on a good show, even if it is just wrestling. But I mean, like, you're still playing a character that you have to be able to sell to your audience on a week to week basis. And I remember, like, even Stone Cold. Like Stone Cold. All of Stone Cold's movies are terrible. But I don't know if it's necessarily Stone Cold's bad. And then in them, he's just in bad movies. Right. In an alternative world, we could have seen a Stone Cold that is very much like a diehard type feeling character. Like, he could play that type of role. Right, right, right. He could be a more of like a... What's his name? Bruce Willis. Bruce type. Willis, thank you. Yeah, I almost feel like they have the same characteristics. and they. He, he, he is it because that. he's bald? You know what? As a bald person myself, yes. <laughs> I'm allowed to say that. There's <laughs> no way that Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to fit in like an air conditioning shaft. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Dude, it's way too big. All right. I, I, I retract my statement. Um, oh, yeah, and one other thing, just super fast. I want to point out, just because I know I have a lot of wrestler friends and they're going to yell at me for this. While it is all acting, it is also being able to take a fall and be able to do a lot of physical stuff. I've seen plenty of broken bones and bruises from wrestling, so it's it's there's some phys- physicality in wrestling. It's just oh no, they go scripted more so, but it's still you have to be physically in shape because of it. Very much so, yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, very much so. Just because. Just because it's acting doesn't mean it's fake. Like, they're taking the hits, you're right. Like It's like it's, a stuntman in a movie. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's just like doing your own stunts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next story. Um, so this isn't directly connected to a cinematic universe, but it will definitely have an effect on how we view them in theaters. The people have spoken, and they want their Hollywood blockbusters big and flat. At least according to IMAX Entertainment CEO Greg Foster... He stated during an analyst call that his company will start playing fewer 3D movies and more 2D versions. The demand for 2D films is starting to exceed 3D in North America. I feel like I speak for most people in saying thank God. Right. <laughs> because yeah. I, I speak to very few people who actually want to see the movie in 3D. I always want to see the movie in IMAX, but have to see it in 3D because that's the only thing that's playing in IMAX. I... I'm in, I'm in total agreement. Uh, 3D, I think the last 3D movie I saw that I was happy I saw in 3D was Avatar. I think Avatar kind of was... I don't care what you think, Josh. Um, <laughs> no, I, I thought Avatar kind of... It, it didn't use the 3D as a gimmick. That was the big problem, and that is always the big problem with with uh, 3D these days. Is that it's just... It's a gimmick, and on top, if it's not a gimmick, it's just a way to drive up ticket prices. Like, they're not pushing it in a way that actually makes it meaningful. And it just doesn't work with live action. Like, it's fine in an animated movie. Because the animated movie is like, you can kind of work with it a little bit better. But it just doesn't work, in my opinion. Chacha, you seem to have uh, strong opinions here. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts? I mean, I, I, I disagree with you, Brendan, that Avatar didn't use it as a gimmick. There was a lot of gimmicky things about it. And I thought they could have done a lot more. What they should have done is done something like what Doctor Strange did. Because Doctor Strange is the best 3D movie, I think, of all time. And the only movie that I actually prefer in 3D to 2D. Because what they do is instead of like doing the gimmick where they're like, oh, I'm going to throw this thing. It's good. Oh, my God, it's going to hit me and I'm 3D. They, they take the backdrop and they pull it like super far back. And like it just gives you a sense of depth to the movie. It's like, almost like, like you're looking into a depth. shadow box. Yeah. Um, instead of being like they're throwing stuff at you and the stuff is popping out of the screen, it's more how deep the screen goes back. Right. And then that, that one, the one part um, 
whenever he first meets the ancient one and she like sends him on his on the trip through like all the different dimensions that was so crazy awesome in 3d I do feel like uh, the issue with most 3D movies is it feels like the director doesn't really want it to be in 3D, so he just throws in some stuff in there to make the studio happy because they want him to do it in 3D. Mm -hmm. There are exceptions to that rule, I mean, especially with Michael Bay. I know we don't like his movies. No one really does that I've talked to, but he likes using this technology and trying to figure out how to use it in new, interesting ways. So his movies in 3D are actually pretty decent, but that he keeps 3D in mind the whole time he's shooting, and he wants it to be in 3D. So we are going to still see that. Uh, Megan, do you usually prefer 3D or not? I like 3D. I don't care. No, it's fine. I, yeah. I, you sell me your shit. I'm into gimmicks. Um, <laughs> I, I don't have a problem. I do agree with what uh, you guys are saying, though, that a lot of times it's an afterthought, the 3D aspect. Mm -hmm. So movies aren't always enhanced by 3D because it's not incorporated throughout the movie. And that is very irritating and I do agree with that but I mean it's just they do it for fun like it's a fun thing to do if you're willing to spend that extra money like kids freaking love it you know I, I'm not against it I'm okay with them doing more 2D movies in IMAX I just want to see movies guys <laughs> uh Bruno I, I I don't know if you noticed this but when a movie's in 3D you have to put those glasses on the glasses put a tint into the movie which makes it darker so it, you can't really see the film as well. That's, I feel like, the biggest complaint I've heard about 3D is that the movies all feel darker. Do you ever notice that? I, the last time I watched a 3D movie, I was like eight years old, and I was at like Disney, Disney World. <laughs> wow. It was, it was a super gimmicky thing, and I mean, I didn't enjoy it. I, I don't really care for 3D. Apparently. Um, you haven't seen a 3D movie yet. Yeah, and, and <laughs> most of the people I talk to, like, when they go, oh, what do you want to see in 3D? No one says 3D. Um, now, that being said, with Chachi's experience, I like what they did there from hearing that instead of just throwing stuff at you or at the screen. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you take that into account before filming it rather than as an afterthought, like Megan said, and just kind of, oh, now they're forcing it in, then that would be fine. But I feel like 3D was originally thought of because of the uh, dwindling ticket sales uh, for movies. No one was going to movies anymore and they're trying to get people to go. Now, I feel movie theaters have realized how to get people back in. They started offering very luxury-type experiences, which uh, that, that's the only type of movies. Like, those are the only movies I want to go, like, theaters that I want to go see them in. Like, if a movie comes out, I'm looking for one of the two or three luxury theaters that are around here now. And so, sorry, I kind of... <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, get the car. We're going to see a film today. <laughs> But the thing is, they it didn't increase the price of these tickets. They're still around $11, 12 bucks for tickets, what they were, you know, years ago. I think like from from what I remember, it used to be like eight bucks and now it's twelve bucks. Like, yes. It's not that big of a hike. Uh, to be able to have like your own seat that you don't have to move. If someone wants to get up, you're not, oh, let me shuffle and let you know, you gotta ruin everyone else's experience in the theater. Like you could still, you know, hang out, lounge around. Like it's it's a fun experience. Um, so now that they're going Less 3D, I think it's great. Um, yeah. So I I have a thought on this, and it's also that one of the biggest complaints with 3D is that the majority of people who go to see film, uh, including half of this room, wear glasses. Yes. And wearing a second pair of glasses over top your glasses is an incredibly un unpleasant experience. To be fair, though, 
You know that you're going to a 3D movie when you go to it. Put contacts in. I don't have contacts. Yeah, not everybody likes wearing contacts. It's not the theater's fault that you decided to go to a 3D movie then. It's not the theater's fault that you're defective. I'm just saying. <laughs> right. Yeah, to be fair, you're right. Like, I, I deliberately prefer to not see movies in 3D because of that reason. I don't really like wearing glasses on top of glasses, so I will go see a 2D version instead. Can we start calling people with poor eyesight uh, mutation? I kind of like that, putting everything as a mutation. I actually have a like a legit mutation. I have two different colored eyes. Oh and my gosh, you do? Yeah, I do. You do? Yeah, it's... Okay. it's okay, one black. I'm a mutant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a man, deal with it. Mutant We're going to have to gather you and stick you into your own area now because that's what's going on in the comics. Uh, <laughs> Captain America's like, hey, we're going to put you in your own internment camp, mutants. This is where you stay now. Uh, another story we have going on right now is the fact that the Star Wars Episode Nine has gotten a new director. Not director, I'm sorry, a new writer. He is Jack Thorne, the British scribe who wrote the upcoming Julia Roberts, Jacob Tremblay movie uh, called Wonder. I don't know if you guys know this guy. He also wrote Cursed Child. He has done a lot of British t- television and... The only thing I really know him for is or is Cursed Child, which was a Broadway musical for Harry Potter. And it, as far as I've heard, people who've actually gone and seen the musical love it, but if you've read the the playwright of it, it has been kind of panned by most Harry Potter fans. Megan, you're a Harry Potter fan, right? Oh, yeah. What do you think about this? Uh, Cursed Child, or The Cursed Child, is it The Cursed Child? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It was horrible, it was atrocious, I read it. Um, I hated myself for reading it. I, it was a dark time in my life. Uh, no, it was just awful, and hearing this director, or this, excuse me, this writer coming in made me a little worried at first, but I was trying to stay optimistic because there were other writers attached to Cursed Child as well, not just him. So, going off of that, I'm just hoping that he was not the worst of the worst writers in that worst book that was ever written. And that's that's my hope for him. Um, I am kind of... You mentioned that he's uh, wrote the upcoming book, Wonder. That is a book that the students at my school read mm-hmm. as one of their books. So, I'm kind of excited after... I saw the trailer for it, to be honest with you, and I thought it looked great. So I'm I'm excited for that, and I'm hoping that seeing that that looks like it could be a very great adaptation, that maybe since he's writing something else and with this, that it, it's I'm trying to be optimistic. That's that's I, I have these hopes. Well, something to keep in mind is that he was not the one who penned the whole script. He's coming in for some rewrites and suspecting that it has a lot to do with Carrie Fisher and just rewriting a little bit with that. And then now that the the uh, episode 8 has been finalized and there's stuff in there. I'm sure there's other things that they have to change for episode 9 to kind of coincide with episode 8. So it's it's not a like they're completely throwing out the script and they're rewriting it. It's just he's there for some touch-ups. So hopefully that is okay. Now this is something that we've seen with Star Wars at least I think three of the last movies or how many movies have we had come out so far? So far we have three Two. movies that come out. Well I'm counting episode 8. So three movies have been finished. Right. Um, I think two of those movies have had rewrites. Uh, we've had directors come on, or writers come on after their, the original script was written and completely rewrite. So this is not unusual for Star Wars. Do you think this is a trend that's good or bad for Star Wars? 
Uh, I don't. I honestly don't think it matters because Star Wars is such a machine. Mm-hmm. There are so many people attached to these projects that like, like one person can't screw it up anymore. Anymore. They won't allow it. Right. Thanks, George Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now that now that Disney owns it, and now that it is such a machine, like there's not a single person that will be able to just do what George Lucas did. So are yeah, you... it's I, it's it's okay. It's fine. Brandon, do you feel like that's... I mean, there's some positive there, obviously, because that means you're not going to get a movie that is completely derailed by one person completely screwing up. But this also means that maybe we won't see as much creativity that we used to see in these movies. It's possible. Um, I happen to like Force Awakens quite a bit. I thought it was a really great fresh start for the Star Wars franchise. Um, And so I think that there's no reason for us to panic or worry at the moment um we'll definitely kind of just take it as it is i mean if you if you look back it i mean it's just as good as a new hope in the sense that like it carried a lot of the same stuff that a new hope had i mean we really didn't get our best star wars film until we got empire strikes back so let's let the you know the last jedi appear nope no pressure last jedi (laughs) right (laughs) you know and i think uh, once you have the last jedi out that's a better way to review a, a whole trilogy so something to keep in mind is Kathleen Kennedy has been the one kind of heading the ship for Star Wars, for Lucasfilms. Uh, and we've seen that she's willing to come in, swoop in, and completely change direction like she did with the Han Solo movie. She saw what was going on and essentially fired Lord and Miller uh, and got a new director with Ron Howard. Do you think that's too much power for a producer as far as... Do you think that was the right call, having someone come in and completely change things up if they don't think it's going in the right direction? Not necessarily. I haven't seen the Han Solo movie. I mean, no one has. So if it comes out and it's bad, well, we could maybe blame her. If it comes out as great, we could definitely thank her. Like, (laughs) you know, we really don't have much to go on other than she didn't like something during the filming of that. And she changed it up, and we have to see what the final product is. Yeah, but that's like, isn't that her job? But at the same time, you would think that you hire a director, or directors in this instance, and you kind of want them to do their vision. If they're not going to be able to do their vision, then it doesn't really matter who you have as a director. Anyone can be plugged in. If, if Kevin Feige saw something going on in the Marvel Universe, and he came in and said, just nope, redo it, would we be talking about it? I, I probably not. I mean, because Kevin Feige has proven himself, I think. And so far, we've had two movies. One was critically... I, I feel like both Star Wars movies have been pretty well received. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely some criticisms of Force Awakens that I've seen as far as just being a rehash. Uh, I have some criticism about both films. <laughs> uh, I mean, they were good films. Uh, I mean, you could go with The Force Awakens just a rehash. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the first half of Rogue One. Uh, I felt it was a little uh, scattered out. I felt like they could have not jumped to a different planet every five minutes um, and give us a little bit better of a... Um... We're not doing a review of the movie, though. True. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, so, sorry. But, I mean, if that has anything to do with, like, if those were her calls, then I'm not happy with it. But, like I said, I haven't seen Han Solo. I know nothing about it other than that. I mean... Well, I want to bring up that for the Han Solo movie, the main actor who's playing Han Solo had to get an acting coach because there were problems with him. So that already like does not bode well for me. But they did bring in Ron Howard to fix the movie. 
that's like bringing in the big guns. Definitely. You bring, yeah, you bring in Ron Howard. Something was probably really wrong. He comes in. When's the last time he's made a bad movie? And then there was a good movie. <laughs> exactly. So that's that's what I'm expecting to happen from this. And if it is bad, I don't think we can necessarily blame her because we already have these problems with the main actor. I feel like she's kind of in a damn if you do, damn if you don't situation. She either lets it go and doesn't get the bad publicity for it and the movie's bad, or she does do something different and then suddenly everyone's up in arms about how you know the studio is meddling with the movie and ruining it, but they don't even know. So it, mm-hmm. I do agree with that. I, I think that she's doing her job, and so far she, in my personal opinion, she has not steered wrong. So I'm going to trust her until she proves me otherwise. Yeah. She's she's two for two. Every movie has problems. Even Marvel movies have problems. Oh, yeah. I mean, speaking of formulaic, there's the Marvel's right. issue. It feels like it's the same thing every movie. A lot of people are feeling like just different genres. Um, let's move on, though. I feel like we could talk about this forever. In a move that is surprising many in the industry, Warner Brothers is planning an Oscar campaign for Best Director and Best Picture for Wonder Woman. Executives at Warner Brothers think they can break records by getting the movie nominated. If they succeed, Wonder Woman will not only be the first comic book movie ever nominated for Best Picture, but it will also be the first comic book movie ever uh, to be nominated for Best Director. The movie has already broken records. Uh, it has made, I think, it's even more than $780 million at this point. I think it's closer to $800 million in the global box office, making it the highest grossing movie ever directed by a woman. Uh, now, Bruno, uh, you've, you've been the most negative about Wonder Woman. Do you think this has a shot at being nominated? Yes, because Oscars re- nominations really don't mean anything. You just pay a lot of money and you get nominated. Like, there's, you could go through the history of, like, most award shows are just pay-to-win type shows. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll be nominated. There's nothing wrong with it getting nominated. Don't take me wrong, like, get me wrong. Um... So, yeah. I was expecting more strong feelings about this from you. Well, I you just asked me, do I think it's going to be nominated? Do you think it'll win? Do I think it will win? No. Not a chance. Chachi, <laughs> do you have any uh, counterpoints to this? Unfortunately, no. I agree with him on everything. I just want to argue about Wonder Woman the movie. <laughs> <laughs> we can do, what? I guess, a side piece at some point what i what i don't want to happen is like i don't want it to be nominated solely because it was a woman director right because like it should be nominated because it's a good movie right but do you think that's really what's happening i think i think that maybe that they would be making a push because like this is such a good movie and it was made by a woman so like give us you know just do it. Nominate it. There's something else to keep in mind with Patty Jenkins being the director. She has been nominated in the past for Best Director, so this wouldn't be her first rodeo, okay. uh, which I feel like is one of the first times we've seen that with a comic book movie. A lot of these comic book movies are not being directed by people who've been nominated already mm-hmm. in their past. So the fact that she directed this and then she has a track record with the Academy means that maybe Warner Brothers feels like, oh, there's a chance the Academy like, oh, yeah, we like her. We know that she makes great movies. So they're more willing to give it a chance, at least for a nomination. I don't think anyone expects it to win. I, it would just be nice to be nominated in one of those situations, especially in the new setup with the Academy. They're allowed to nominate up to 10 movies, uh, or 10 people in the case for a director, and then they whittle it down from there. So it's, it's definitely, I mean... I don't. I don't even think it's probably in the top ten movies as far as direction goes or uh, movies. But I, I'd be okay with them nominating. Megan, what do you think? 
I'm thinking like, hey, you're get, it's getting the foot in the door for other comic movies to potentially. Definitely. I'm not saying that all comic book movies deserve it, but I'm saying that they deserve just as much of a chance to win these prestigious awards as any other movie. And it's not only just specific types of movies that are that are the series types of movies that deserve to be nominated for these things. There are things in Wonder Woman that I think definitely have aspects that are really important and represent certain aspects, I just use aspects twice, certain things in our culture that people will see and they'll be excited about or they can relate to. And I'm not angry that it could get some accolades for those things. Is Wonder Woman the perfect movie? No. We could discuss that. That's fine. I'm not upset that it's nominated. And I think that hopefully more hero movies can be nominated through this. I hope it gets nominated because I, I love the movie. Yeah. You know, it's a really good movie. And it's it has... Come on. just <laughs> it, ha- it has a different tone. And it, yes, it's the formulaic, like... A person out of time story and like the hero story but it just ba- like based off of all the other comic book movies that are that have come out recently it it's it's fresher in my opinion and it's it's actually considerably true to its source material compared to a lot of other mm-hmm. comic book movies that aren't even close like it's not 100% obviously but it has all of the basic aspects that are in the comics And I really appreciate that because I hate when I read a book or something and I go and see the movie and it's completely different. Why would I want to see that then? Name it something else. It's not the same thing. Like, I don't like that at all. So I appreciate that it's stuck to that material for the most part. You mean like you mean like Deadpool 2 with Domino? Oh, bring it full circle. All they did was change the colors. They reversed the colors. I'll just call a man guy. It's not even Deadpool 2 anymore. Once again, yeah. boycotting Deadpool 2, no one go see it. Brandon, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Uh, what movie do you think should be the first comic book movie to be nominated? If, if, if all of them are on the board right now, any of them could be nominated, even though they didn't come out this year. Is there a movie that you think is more deserving than Wonder Woman? I actually think that if you're going to nominate a comic book movie, you could actually start this year and you could skip Wonder Woman and nominate Homecoming. There you go, yeah. Like, Spider-Man Homecoming thing is better. I actually th- I could see an argument for uh, Michael Keaton as Best Supporting Actor. Like, he may, definitely not winning it, but I could see a nomination yeah. nod for him. I think I would go with Logan, just because I feel like that's oh, more up that's there. A, that's more up the Academy's line. Like, you know, it's a little bit more brooding. It's a little bit more artsy. Yeah. It has that feel. I feel like that has that, a better chance to be nominated, as far as if they were to make a push for it. As far as reports are, Fox is not making a push for it. So. Which is weird, too, because I think there's actually... You're right. I think there is potential for it. I mean, Patrick Stewart's performance uh, was actually really yeah, riveting. <laughs> so, I mean, he, a lot of people were praising how good Patrick Stewart's performance was. Best supporting actor for him, I think, would be a... Like, Easy one. Yeah. I watched Logan once and I'll never watch it again. Did it make you cry? Is that what? I, I watched it in a theater and, and I cried like three times. I'm like, I can't do this, you guys. I have no tears left. And then like that last part, like you're crying and then the lights come up and it's like, you didn't give me enough time to compose myself. You're evil. So did Wonder Woman make you cry four times? How many times did you cry during Wonder Woman? Wonder Woman, I think I got a little teary-eyed once but not at this part where you guys probably thought to be honest with you yeah I, I'm, I'm just saying that, like there are better comic book movies than wonder woman and 
I think they deserve it more than this one does. And this has more to do with the studios having trusted these comic movies to be contenders than the Academy itself. The only way these movies are really made in the running is that the uh, studios give them the screeners of the movies and make a pitch for it. If they don't make a pitch for it, the Academy probably isn't going to consider it because there's hundreds and hundreds of movies every year and the Academy doesn't see all the movies because I think their panel is like 80 people large or something like that. So they have to like get them all on board to see the movie before it can be nominated. All right, well, I think that will do it for today's show. I no, no, we forgot something. What did we forget? I left you guys homework. Oh, crap. What was our homework? Oh, God. Oh, shit. We discussed... You did. We discussed last time, uh-huh. and you guys were pretty shitty about it at first, uh, to be honest with you. If there were an actor to portray Uncle Ben, who would it be? Uh-huh. Daniel Day-Lewis, I got it. Daniel Day-Lewis? <laughs> Wait, isn't he retiring, though? Um, He'd come out of retirement for Uncle trust Ben. Trust me, you come out of retirement for Uncle Ben. <laughs> well, forget playing Lincoln, a president. Uncle Ben is a much bigger role. And I'm, I'm not saying he has to actually play the character. He could just be in a picture in the background. But if they were to have somebody represent Uncle Ben, who would it be? And she's young. I would go with Tom Hardy. I just want to see him in everything, though. Here's the problem. With Aunt May being so young, you have to completely shift your thoughts of who Uncle Ben could be. You don't have to do that, though. Oh, it, it would be so creepy to have an old Uncle Ben on the wall when you're looking at Aunt May. <laughs> like, whoa, that was, that's a weird relationship. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sticking with someone like prestige, especially since he doesn't have to be in the movie. Get someone huge. Just Daniel Day-Lewis or something like that. Just <laughs> David Hasselhoff would be great. <laughs> Especially if you just need a photograph. Yeah. I mean, David Hasselhoff's already repre- represented in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Point. So let's, yeah, let's stick away from that. Yazoo Hasselfrau. <laughs> I think that's his name. So. so what about you guys? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Brandon answer this. So, First. so Chachi can get more time to think of a better answer. <laughs> so Google searches. Yeah. See so you on your phone over there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So it's funny that you mentioned Tom Hardy. Um, so like if we think of like a younger, uh, like a younger version of old Ben. No, not old Ben. That's Star Wars. <laughs> Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben. Another cinematic universe. Yeah. 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 There you go. Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. That'd be that'd be two bins. That'd be kind of funny. You guys are talking about not having older people though. How old is Ewan McGregor? Yeah, but he doesn't look old. He doesn't, like, he doesn't look, look grandpa old. See, there's there's a hypocrisy in uh, that. It's just a picture. I'm yep. saying yeah. it's if it's all visuals. So there is a hypocrisy. Visuals. Another good option I feel I feel like would be. Uh, Toby Maguire, to make him look older. Are you serious? Is that what you're going to say? Hey, Chachi, who do you think would be a good choice? I think it should be Toby Maguire. That's an excellent point. You could make him look a little bit older. <laughs> so he looks like he's out of high school this time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he did in the movies. Yeah. Does he look like he was 25 in the movies? I have, I have two. One is a joke, one is my actual. Okay. Everybody's favorite uncle, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Everybody would be upset that Tom Hanks is dead because he's Tom Hanks. Is that your joke or your serious one? I can see it going. I was going to say Tom Hanks too, but then I thought of Tobey Maguire. My serious one is Jimmy Jean Louis. Okay. What was he in? Um, he's been in Joy. He was in the TV show Heroes. Okay. Um, he's not like the most well known, but I think that 
the little acting that I've seen him in, uh, he could be a, a really good actor for the role, especially if you don't show him very much anyways. Not he, that I'm saying that he doesn't deserve no, to have screen time. He could, he, could, he could act pretty well for taking a picture. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you think we see like one flashback of Uncle Ben in uh, the next movie? Like him on his deathbed or something like that? They might do a voiceover, which you love uh, so very much. Oh, they better not do a voiceover. Oh, yeah. Boycott. <laughs> <laughs> With great power. Oh, no. Ah, son of a bitch. I'm out. I think... I, I think... Deadpool too. I think at some point, maybe if not in the next movie, in the one after that, because, like, you can't get away from Uncle Ben. They, they got they away did. from it... Well, they got away from it... It's, like, a, a temporary, because we all know... But it's not like it's not like just whenever like he dies in the in the comic books and then Peter never thinks about him again. The, the only problem is I feel like if you introduce Uncle Ben now that you're being redundant with his life lesson story because you had Tony Stark give him that life life lesson now. It's the exact same speech just without saying with great power comes great responsibility. It's without this if you're nothing without this suit then you don't deserve it. That's the same message. I don't think that's accurate. Completely, though, because you can have more than one role model throughout your life that gives you similar advice. And just because you take it from one character and you apply it differently, and then another character comes to give you similar advice and you apply it differently than the original, doesn't make it not. No, you're you're right. It just doesn't make it as clean for a story. But we're digressing. We should probably wrap up the show. I just want a picture. (laughs) Just a picture. Uh... I think we've decided Tom Hanks. I feel like that's the best answer. Tom Hanks is actually a very good answer for an Uncle Ben. I like it. That wasn't even the real. I'm just saying I would I would feel bad that he died. That's the person on the picture. I'd be like, oh man, that sucks. Tom Hanks. Everyone would be upset that Tom Hanks is dead. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Filmverse, and we'll be back next week. See you. Bye. Sound steamer.